You're listening to Working Mommy, where the goal is for all women, no matter your age or stage in life, to be the best versions of themselves. And if you happen to be a mom, be the best mom ever and maintain your sanity while we do it. So today we are going to have a great episode for moms. Of course, this is going to be something that is going to be fundamental to us. But even if you're not a mom yet, this is still some great techniques we can learn here about how we react to things. And maybe we work with kids or we have kids um, as neighbors or family members. So this is still going to be great information for everybody. So there's a term that's kind of circulating around nowadays. And I kind of actually really like the term because I think it um, kind of just provokes a little bit of thought around this topic. And that is reactive parenting. So reactive parenting is when we act on our emotions and response to our child's behavior. And again, you know, this is something, you know, from a parenting aspect, that's going to be key, but, you know, just for all of us, you know, this is something for all of us to keep in mind about how we react to, you know, behaviors that are, are displayed in front of us. But again, um, you know, speaking from the, the parenting aspect again here, no mom really wants to yell, you know, let's just think about it. Like, no mom wants to yell. We all want to be that positive kind of calm, reassuring, nurturing mom, you know, as, as much as we can be. So then we have to ask the question, well, why do so many moms yell? Why do we yell? Why do we get upset so easy? And um, kind of at the core of that is because harmful communication patterns are passed down from generation to generation. And I think this is something that, you know, most um, women do have, or most parents um, do struggle with. So I kind of on my own was like, you know what, this is something I want to work on. This is something I want to do better. So I was on Amazon one night and I was like looking at all these parenting books and I happened to come across the book, Raising Good Humans. And so I was like, oh, I like this because something about the title just really spoke to me. It's like, that's all I want to do, you know, is raise good people. That's it. And so I purchased the book and lo and behold, um, a little while later, I had the opportunity to actually talk with the author today. Her name is Hunter Clark Fields. Hi, Hunter. Hi, Clary. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm really excited about the interview today and just wanted to say a couple things that I love about the book that I think all the moms will connect with is I love the size of the book, number one. Like this is like my perfect size book. Like I wish on Amazon I could like see this view because if it's like much oh. wider than this, <laughs> I just don't have the time, you know, like I'm in the trenches with two toddlers. So this is perfect. Um, and I just, there's a lot of things that I liked about the book, but I wanted to ask you, you know, since you are the author of this book, can you give us a more detailed explanation as to what reactive parenting is? Sure. Yeah. I mean, so I'll just tell you a story to kind of go with it. And, and the, this is, this is what happened for me. And, and that was that, of course, before I had kids, I, before I had my daughter, I was going to be like, I was going to be so calm. I had mm -hmm. just recently started meditating and it had been life-changing in as far as giving me so much equanimity. So I thought, oh my God, we're, we got this. We're going to be amazing. It's going <laughs> to be this calm child. We're going to be doing fine. Like, this is great. And then 
lo and behold, like she's a really intense kid, you know, <laughs> like her, her birth was intense. She's highly sensitive, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And then as she started walking and talking, you know, I wanted to respond to her really, really, I wanted to be that like calm, nurturing parent. And then like this, like rage came out of me <laughs> and it's so crazy. Cause when I look at the pictures of her, like 18 months or two years old, like she's so adorable. Like, <laughs> And like how I was getting so triggered by her. And I really, you know, it, it, it was, wasn't a choice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I wasn't choosing to yell at my child. It wasn't, it was exactly what I didn't want. Right. And we, we, we get so frustrated because we think we can just choose to be a certain way, but we are born with a certain biology. We are wired for survival, not for peaceful parenting. We are wired to, to respond to threats and our nervous system sees our child as a threat, right? Mm -hmm. And so our nervous system is like, you know, we, we are, first of all, like our our, our resources are drained. You know, we, we may have a lot of stress going on to begin with. We may not have been having a lot of sleep. Right. And then our nervous system says, you know, this is a threat happening here. And what's literally happening is that our, our nervous system, our fight, flight, or freeze response is literally cutting off access to all the rest of the parts of the brain, the higher order thinking yeah. parts of the brain, they are slow. Mm -hmm. Like your problem solving, your empathy, your verbal ability, all of those things, they are the slow parts of the brain. Oh. And it's, 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 it's like our biology, right? It's our biology. It's not a choice. This is just something that's, that's happening to us. You know, it's like, so we have to kind of understand that this is our biology. This isn't a, this isn't a choice. And and this is just, this is kind of happening. And also there are, there are triggers that are happening from, there were triggers that are happening from my own childhood. Mm -hmm. My child had these big feelings. I, you know, I, it felt so completely unacceptable to me. Like it felt complete like this. I can't, I, this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And that was because when I had those big upset feelings as a kid, it was unacceptable to my parents. And my father got really really triggered from that too, you know, so I could see that this, there was this pattern. It was like this, there was the, um, you know, these, these habits and patterns from my childhood, there's mm -hmm. the nervous system, there's all these things going on. And we think that we can just like choose, I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be non-reactive, right. but that, that reactivity is kind of in us. So we have mm -hmm. to, that's kind of the default. So we have yeah. to be we have to take active conscious steps to, to work, uh, you know, to, to calm, steady the heart, the mind and the nervous system. That's so true. I mean, you've made so many good points. That is definitely, I think what every mom starts out as like, oh, this is going to be great, you know, and especially if you feel like you prepared, like, I felt like I prepared for this, you know, just like you did. And then you go, oh, you know, this is, you know, way more intense than I was thinking. So, yeah, thank you so much for that. Now, um, of course, you know, when we talk about like how our kids, how we react to the things that our kids do, you know, in your book, you shared some really good um, points for kind of understanding this is what they're going to do. And here's what you can do when those mm -hmm. situations happen. And if you're, if you don't mind, I really love for you to kind of share like your top three tips for moms to kind of 
be raise their awareness like hey this is this is the time right here where I have to make that conscious choice to like not get upset right here um three tips for for doing that well uh let's see so I mean I guess I would say you know you're kind of talking about we're in a tricky situation with our kids. Right. <laughs> we, we need to get out of the house. Our child's upset about something or yeah. whatever. So-and-so's, you know, one child's hurting another. For me, it helps to really think about it in kind of concrete terms. And then in those situations, we have some kind of conflict, right? We have a, a conflict of, uh, you know, you may need to do something. Your child has some other needs. Like we have a conflict of needs that, right. that's happening. And in those moments, I guess it's really helpful to remember that, um, that a, like nobody likes to be ordered. (laughs) Nobody likes to be barked, have orders barked at them or threatened like orders and threats. They're kind of like these heavy, heavy hammers, but they actually like are ineffective because they cause resistance in the long run. Mm -hmm. Like you're no, because nobody likes to have orders or threats, like, you know, laid at them. So it's really helpful to remember that I would say, like, let's start to start to understand that those, those tools cause resistance in the long run. Mm -hmm. And then in, in, uh, in, in, in the short run too, but also that when our kid, when our child's coming to us with a problem, we, the biggest thing that we skip that is, is such a huge game changer is we skip the piece of like acknowledging the problem, right? We just want to like make it go away, Mm -hmm. fix it up, tidy it up so we can get on with whatever our agenda is. And when our, when we're trying to get out of the door and our child says to us, like, uh, my socks don't feel right or whatever it is, right? Like we are just like, you know, who cares? Like get out the door, let's get these and you know, whatever. And we don't acknowledge what's going on with our, we don't acknowledge the problem that our child is presenting to us. So for instance, if, if we say something in our, and our child gets upset at it, we want to see and hear what they said, Mm -hmm. acknowledge what's happening. Oh, you're, you're really upset right now because of X. And it may feel like, like the stupidest thing in the world to you, but to your child, it's kind of important. And we can, if we can say, Oh, this is, this is really bothering you right now. And take a moment to just kind of pause, see and hear your child and be really present. This piece about acknowledging and just taking like a tiny pause from our agenda to say, I see you and I hear you. Not only is it kind, mm-hmm. <laughs> not only mm-hmm. is it connecting, but it's actually much more effective because yeah. what it does is like a, when we feel seen and heard, then we're much more likely to cooperate. When a child feels seen and heard, they're much more likely to cooperate. So, Very true. Um, so my, I guess my top three things, if I have to break it down to those numbers are (laughs) (laughs) remember that like the, the threats and the orders, they don't work so well. Right. right? Remember that our child, we need to acknowledge their problems, right? We need to acknowledge what see and hear them. And then to do any of those things, all of those things, we need to be able to, (sighs) Yeah. It's like, take a step back, 
<sighs> Take a to deep recognize, breath. Yeah, deep breath because it sounds so cliche, but it works because it slows down that fight or flight or freeze that we talked about. It's mm -hmm. telling the nervous system that there's not a threat. We have a moment, we can take the 10 seconds it takes right. to take a deep breath and to maybe sit on the floor and to say, oh, that really upsets you right now. And what happens is it's just so much more. It's not only is it connecting, it makes it more likely for your child's going to cooperate with you in the future, but it also it's just more effective too. Yeah. It like takes actually a lot less time than saying, get in the car and, or right. you're going to blah, blah, blah. And then your child's having a whole tantrum. Yeah. Because you know, something that I've noticed too, um, about kids and tidbits that I picked up from your book and, and some other books that I've read is kids also, when you are telling them the orders, you know, or you just kind of glance over and like you said, don't acknowledge what they have to say, even though it there may just still be in between talking, like they don't even have all their words yet, but just that acknowledgement in their little brains, it's like they record that as you're not listening to me, you know, because they are also coming from a place that kind of same survivalist, you know, place like I gotta be known, I gotta be heard. And if they're not being heard, it makes them angry and so then the next time they have to tell you something they may say it louder or they it just may come out as a straight tantrum because it's like they've already tried to tell you hey my shoe hurts and you're like yeah yeah come on walk faster my shoe hurts mommy or you know they might not even yeah, be able yeah. to get all that out and you're like you're fine da, da, da. then ah, my shoe hurts <laughs> you know? no no that's the classic <laughs> example of not acknowledging like a child comes to you on the playground is like ow ba 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 oh, you're fine. Or right. like somewhat, or I fell and I'm sad, you know, oh, you're fine. You're fine. Like when we dismiss those feelings, yeah, you know, we think, oh, what does is like, that is nothing, right? Like mm -hmm. in our mind, like we've had, but to them it's something. And if we can say, I mean, no matter what it is to them, it's something. And if we can say, oh, ow, or, oh, you're upset. Oh, you know, like, it's just as like, it can take the temperature down of the whole thing right away rather than having to escalate and escalate. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean that, I really feel like that's making a, a big difference. And especially I feel like with that toddler age, you know, two to three, or even one to three, because that part is a little bit tricky. I think for new moms, because they're, they're verbal, they're in between, <laughs> like they, they know enough to, to talk and, and get their point across a bit, but all the words aren't there yet. And they sometimes get frustrated because they don't have all the words. So for me, even just acknowledging that, like they don't have all their words yet, they can't even get their point across how much more so do I need to kind of just like slow it down and give them my attention. And that encourages more talking because I feel like when we are reactive, or we don't acknowledge, like you mentioned, then they're like less into talking too, because they're like, she don't listen to me anyway. I tried to tell her what was going on with me, <laughs> whatever. I'm in my own little world, you know? And um, that's certainly not what moms want either. Now, the other piece of that is for the moms, like you said, um, you know, when we're reactive and then we have like our, our nervous system is activated and then that's not a good thing. What can we do, you know, for me in those moments when I kind of am feeling that I'm getting really upset, the deep breath definitely do help. Sometimes for me, I have to just straight up like pause and be like, you know what, 
I just need to stop for a second and just kind of stand there. And my older toddler will be like, mom, what are you doing? But I have to take that minute to kind of just think about what I want to say to her to get the point across, acknowledge what she has to say, but at the same time, like help her do what it is I need her to do, or maybe stop doing what I need her to stop doing. Sometimes I have to just literally just kind of take a break there. But um, yeah, no, so that's so smart. And that's really hard to do. And because we don't need to like <laughs> respond like instantaneously to everything, like, right, it's so smart, like we kind of think that we do, but we can say, hold on a second. <laughs> right. Or I'm gonna, you know, or whatever, like a lot of things aren't so in- instantaneous. Um, in those, in those reactive moments, as we're starting to get the pause is the, that's the hardest part. Like you're, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's great. If you're there already. I don't so like, do it every to, single time. To you. <laughs> but I'm like, being honest. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course you're not. You're human. And, but it's the point, like what one, what I encourage, you know, we have, we want to build that muscle of non-reactivity, right? Right. And so there's kind of two ways we can go about that. And we need to, we want to kind of build the overall muscle mm-hmm. and then we can work on it in the moment. And why I say we have to build the overall muscle is because you don't have it if you're not practicing it. Like you're yeah. not going to send your kid into the like little league world series if they <laughs> haven't been to a practice and practice swinging and learn all the things, right? If they right. haven't been practicing again and again and again, you're difficult moment with your child is your equivalent of the little leagues world series. And you're not going to have the muscle if you haven't been practicing. So that's where Mm -hmm. I encourage parents that even a tiny little bit of a mindfulness meditation practice, it builds the muscle of non-reactivity because Mm -hmm. as you sit and you focus your attention on your breath with kindness and curiosity, the point is not to clear your mind, but the point is that actually a whole bunch of crap comes up. Thoughts of like all kinds of crazy stuff comes up. Like anxieties come up. The ache comes up. All these different things come up. You fail at it because you can't like, you know, you're like trying to just like keep your attention on your breath. And, and they have a thing called, you know, it's called noble failure because nobody can do it. And you're Mm -hmm. building a muscle of like this, I'm staying, I'm staying, I'm staying until my five minute bell rings Mm. and I'm staying. And so you're practicing, literally practicing non-reactivity and you're literally changing your brain, right? You're, you're you're changing the, you're shrinking the amygdala, which is the seat of that fight, flight, or freeze stress response. You're actually making it less dense and you're actually making the connectivity between that and the rest of the brain less, less connected, which is like amazing. So you're literally changing your, your, your brain to help you be less reactive. So that's, that's that people can, can look at the book if you want to know more about that. But then <laughs> in the moment you want to like, this is where like, we're, we're just kind of lost in it. We're starting to get yeah. frustrated. It's kind of like a train that keeps going and going and going until we lost it. And if we can practice just what we talked about with our kids, like, right, right. We talked about acknowledging yeah. our kids' feelings. If we can acknowledge our own feelings mm-hmm. earlier on in that cycle and say, I'm starting to get really annoyed. We say that out loud, right? Mm-hmm. We, and what it does is a couple of beautiful things. This is like name it to tame it. And it lowers the temperature for us, mm-hmm. the emotional temperature for us. And it's this like bell of mindfulness of like, oh, I'm on the path. 
I'm on that yeah. path to losing it. And so then you can do what Clara does in her good moments. And you, <laughs> <laughs> and you pause and you're like, oh, what do I do? Okay. Right. Take a breath. And so in um, the mindful parenting membership, I help people get like a, a menu of what do we do in those moments? And the menu mm -hmm. is different for all bunch of people, but we, we put up like sticky notes all around the house. And so you can lead with the body, with the deep, slow breathing. Mm-hmm. You can lead with the mind. You can say, this is not an emergency. Mm -hmm, I am mm -hmm. helping my child. This is not an emergency. I'm helping my child. <sighs> yeah. Even like shake it out. Big sigh breaths. <sighs> They've done research on those. They, they literally like, you know, five or six deep dramatic breaths. They really right. help. You might sit down. You might put your hands on the floor. Mm -hmm. You might do like a child's pose. Your kids are going to think you're nuts. But <laughs> what it's great about it is it they're works. learning from you. Like they're saying, yeah. and you may be saying, I'm starting to get really annoyed. I need a minute. Yep. I need a minute. And you do these things and they watch you and you might even say what you're doing. But as you do that, you're modeling healthy emotional regulation. You're modeling yep. what we were never taught as kids. Right. As I start to get upset, I can take care of it. I have the tools and the power to take care of it. And you're showing them. And kids are crap at doing what you say, <laughs> but they're great at doing what you do. So yes. If you can do that, then ultimately they'll be able to do that too. I love that. You know, you make a really good point about the um, breathing. One thing that I've learned about the breathing is that when we get upset and our nervous system is engaged like that, we actually take shorter breaths, which yeah. causes our breathing to get out of rhythm. And so then your body's all, you know, so stopping and taking the deep breaths really, really does help. And that point is, is made so well in your book. And then there's a couple of things that I want to share here that are just um, from the book. Um, now these ones though, that I had bookmarked, I just wanted to share kind of two of my favorite, uh, pages from the book. And, um, one thing is that, um, you kind of start off in your introduction. You have this exercise here. It's, um, what's your relationship on your own parenting? How do you feel about parenting now? What are your frustrations? What do you feel instead? And what, do, what would you like to change about your behaviors? So in addition to when we're in those moments and taking those deep breaths and everything and we're working through it, prior to, I think these questions that you have, you know, in the book are great, a great self-assessment. And I'm sure that's part of your, your training program that you mentioned, you know, just kind of first getting in touch with our own feelings and our own angle for our parenting and how we want to change those behaviors. And then you kind of go into several different things, habits of disconnection, you know, um, due to our culture and things like that, you know, there's habits that we've kind of formed as a society that lead to more disconnective type of behaviors and then changing old patterns. So changing our generational patterns of things that like our parents did and their parents' parents did. And, you know, that was kind of a tricky one. And I'll ask for how you feel about that. You know, I feel like there are some great things that I've learned from the generations that have come before me that have helped me be, a, a, you know, helping me now currently as a parent. But there are some things that are, you know, unfortunately things that I think we kind of have to, to say, mm, is this really, really the best thing? 
what was that process kind of like for you kind of figuring out like these are things from you know generations past that I want to keep this is what I don't how did you how did you make that happen for you uh, well for me it was pretty clear <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> my I knew I had a real tough relationship with my dad growing up because of his anger and he spanked me and he had a rage I remember hiding behind my door as he raged mm-hmm. down the hall and you know we you know like I ran away from home to a friend's house a couple nights mm-hmm. when I was in a teenager and you know our relationship was damaged well into my 20s you know for you know good more than a decade you know Mm -hmm. we it was very damaged and it's a shame and I can see the pattern like that was clearly the seed I didn't want to pass on you know and it's interesting because we talked about it at one point he came to visit my house and and he said oh you know when I was a kid my father beat me with a strap and, mm. um, that, you know, that was considered normal. We, we know now that's domestic violence, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I spanked you, which now I think like, that's also domestic violence, right? Like mm-hmm. that's domestic violence to mm-hmm. that we sanction as a society, but, you know, and, and he said, and now you don't want to hit your kids. And I was like, yeah, like, I definitely don't yeah. want to hit my kids, but I want more than that. Right. Like I want, I don't want to be. I want to be nonviolent in all the ways. Like I want to, mm, I want to be yeah. nonviolent in my language and I want to create connection. You know, I want to be more than just not hitting my kids. Right. And um, so for me, that was a clear, that was a clear, um, clear line that I wanted to draw. And, you know, it's interesting now having like kind of studied and learned so much about this over the years and seeing how, how, how it is ineffective. It is damaging. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we right. all tend, a lot of us tend to think, well, you know, I was, I was hit. So, and I'm fine. And, and that's helpful for kids. Like they need to learn a lesson, but it's not true. It doesn't actually yeah. teach them a lesson. It actually teaches them to resent you and mm. to not want to cooperate with you. It teaches them yeah, to be afraid of their parents rather than to be connected from their parents. And when we think about like what discipline really is, right? Mm-hmm. And I think of it, you know, it has the same word as the word disciple, right? Mm-hmm. And a disciple, discipline and disciple and a disciple is someone who follows and a teacher. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really what our kids need to, they need someone to teach them. Right. They don't know the things. So they need to teach them and to teach them through violence is not only ineffective, it's damaging, it doesn't even work that well. So, so we might as well, you know, learn these new tools and, and transform these, you know, transform these patterns. It's doable and it's not easy. It it can be a little simple, but not easy, but it's possible. Right. Like, and it's so, yeah, it's, it's, that's exciting to me to help people do that. Yeah, well, it's your book has definitely been, you know, very helpful for me. And thank you so much for that personal share. I mean, I think that's a lot of people's, you know, share that similar story. So it's nice that we're having conversations like this as a society. And I'm sure, you know, the more we, we, we do things like this, the the better it'll be. But um, yeah, that was one of the parts that you mentioned in that in here. Um, and then you talk about no more threats, which you mentioned the threats really they just get over it at a point like, ah, you know, it just, and, and then again, you're, 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 
tapping into that fear portion. So again, when a person is motivated to do something by fear, then they don't really understand the point of what they're doing. It's just, again, it's just reactive. And then um, you, the lastly, you talk about a mindful path to raising good humans. So, and then a couple of things I really like that you say there, you say, um, you know, being aware of your story, self-compassion, taking care of difficult feelings, mindful listening, you know, not just like, oh yeah, mommy hears you, but like mindful listening and then um, speaking skillfully, mindful problems, problem solving and supporting a peaceful home. So those were kind of just, you know, right there in the intro things that I loved. And then there's, I also like the layout of the book, guys. For those of you who are listening on podcast, you may want to just jump over and take a look here on YouTube when you have the chance. But you know, it's broken down and these like, you know, bullet points, just kind of like very specific. And then there's even like some like lists and things. So I just really for me, layout of a book is huge, um, especially for something that is something I'm trying to implement or change. I hate when I have a book like this that's written like a novel, like I immediately return. I'm like, this is just no. <laughs> so I was uh, very intentional. I was like, I, I'm with you. Like, I hate like a parenting book. That's like a huge thick oh. novel. I'm like, are you kidding? I need help. I need, can't read this whole thing. <laughs> oh my word. It's just crazy. Um, Okay, ladies. So now we've been talking so much about Hunter's book. I, of course, wanted to go ahead and get you over to her website. Now, the website is mindfulmamamentor.com. Again, that's mindfulmamamentor.com. And what you're going to find on this website is a wealth of information in the area of being a mindful mama. And learning how to not be reactive and really lots of good resources here. So first thing I love about your website is right here. You say a healthy relationship with your child begins with a healthy relationship with yourself. And as women, that is something that I really feel like we all have to kind of acknowledge. Um, and I, I really appreciate the fact that you have that right there on your homepage because we sometimes as women, we, we're holding onto a lot of stuff as we kind of, you know, lightly discuss. And when we're transitioning into being a parent, we have to be willing to kind of acknowledge and let go of some of that stuff, you know, um, that's yeah. affecting us. And we may need to get professional help. Um, it, it may be just, you know, getting more in tune with ourselves and that's fine. But there are some things I think, you know, most women are going to have to address. And this is an adorable picture of you and your daughters <laughs> here too, by the way. Um, but you kind of give us some um, positive affirmations here. It says you are smart. You're a passionate mama. You get a lot done. Now you're ready to rock this amazing adventure called motherhood. And motherhood is definitely an adventure. It is like the most important adventure of all to me, you know, now that I've crossed over that threshold into motherhood. So that's what you're going to find here on the website. Now, if we go up to the top, ladies, it will take you to a link to the book that I am talking about here that we're discussing here with Hunter, Raising Good Humans. And you can order it directly here on the website. I did find it on Amazon. Um, so I'm guessing, is that a good option? for? Yeah, people? actually the order button takes you to either Amazon or IndieBound or whatever, you know, you, okay. you want to get. Okay. Um, now, also cool thing about Hunter is she also has a podcast. So you can definitely get plugged into her podcast here. Um, if you just kind of scroll down to the middle of her page, you'll find the Mindful Mama 
uh, top five podcasts. So she, you know, um, has access to these podcasts and she has her podcast on mindful parenting. How many, um, how often do you put out episodes on your Mindful Mama? Once a week, actually. So this is, this is like a few extra bonus podcasts. Like if you get a book bonus, but if you mm-hmm. go back to kind of the main um, website, mm-hmm. there's a podcast page and yeah, we have like over at the moment, like 268 podcast episodes going back a long time. When did you um, first start podcasting? Um, 2014. I okay. Think. So it's been going for a while. Yeah, it's really fun. I love I love podcasting. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it as well. So I definitely recommend you guys to go ahead and check out the Mindful Mama podcast. Um, of course, she's on Apple Podcasts, and your podcast is like really a top rated um, podcast. So congratulations and kudos Thank there because it's like a really successful podcast. Um, so yeah. Um, I really did enjoy this blurb here on the science of self-care, but let me not get too much off topic because she's fascinating. Yeah, (laughs) she really, really was. Um, now you do also have, um, I think it was here, mindful mama parenting. So you have the mindful parenting membership. Could you tell us, you uh, mentioned that a little bit earlier in the podcast, exactly what a mommy can expect from joining this membership. Sure. I mean, I, a book is amazing, but mm-hmm. a, one of the problems in the book is that you have no accountability, no community, mm. and no one to ask questions from. Yeah, yeah. And, and change is not easy, right? Change is hard. Right. So in the Mindful Parenting membership, I only offer lifetime memberships. And we have this amazing community of a hundred, <clears throat> hundreds of families all around the world. Mm-hmm. who are all doing the same work, right? And it can be hard if like, kind of like if you're getting too much information and this is like a, you know, you follow a clear system, you know, you follow the mindful parenting method where it's all about lowering our reactivity and then communicating skillfully so that we know how to communicate and create cooperation without using those threats and punishments. Okay. So it's like a, a community where, you know, are they able to ask you questions? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do three live coaching calls a month and oh, okay. um, they have access to the whole of the mindful parenting course. They have access to a bunch of like bonus uh, courses. And yeah, and so they get to come on like a live, live Q&As with me every uh, three times a month. And actually one of those is a, a skills each month we do a skills practice session. Mm-hmm. So with the communication skills, it's kind of like learning a new language, right? Like mm-hmm. I grew up with threats, you know? So that's like <laughs> kind of my, that's like my default. Like when I'm like, ah, what do I do? Like I think of like a threat, like that's right. where my brain goes, which is so frustrating. So it's really helpful to once a month practice the new communication skills that you're learning. So we practice reflective listening. We mm. practice formulating our I messages and we practice win-win problem solving, which is, uh, you know, it's kind of like the alternative to, um, to, you know, authoritarian parenting, which the kids tend to resent. It's yeah. learning how to solve problems based on needs. Oh, I love that. I love that. Wow. So, and it, I'm sure, is there some sort of registration process involved or, um, yeah. So though, that's the login. If you scroll down, there's, uh-huh. um, there's right. The membership opens a couple times a year, but what on that big learn more button, you can go and get on the wait list and then we will send you information as soon as it opens. 
um, which we open a couple times a year. So um, yeah, you, when you join the wait list, you, you get to learn about the enrollment as soon as it opens. And we send you some free things, including like the mindful parenting roadmap, mm-hmm. et cetera, as you, as you're wait on the wait list. Okay. Okay. And um, I'm assuming that there is um, with this is, you know, is probably something that's a little bit exclusive because we do have a wait list, which says it's really high in demand. Um, is there um, a monthly fee associated with the um, membership? Yeah, well, we have, we do, um, you can do a single payment or pay uh, 12, spread that over 12 months, but okay. all the, the memberships are lifetime memberships because we know that. The, you got to keep know, doing, I mean, it's a life change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have people who've been in the membership for like five years, but basically they pay, a, they can either pay a one-time payment okay. of nine ninety seven, or we can spread out that payment and do $97 a month for a year. And that's what that costs. And we also, we, um, we also give scholarships out to a certain number of people every year too, which is exciting. Wow. That's, and you know, that's really not, that's a great prize actually for a lifetime membership. I mean, you know, and then you get to join the (laughs) calls and everything and really start getting that change in gear, you know, wow, that's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Um, and then of course, guys, she has some other resources, um, here as well. Um, it talks about some of the things you've been featured in NBC Huffington post and, and, and a host of others. So, um, yeah, I definitely recommend guys heading over to mindfulmamamentor.com and really having a good look around. Sorry, I was looking for your Ah, and then um, I would also recommend another thing that I really like that you have is your Instagram page. So if you are on Instagram, which a lot of us mommies are, um, I would definitely recommend following Mindful Mama Mentor on Instagram. And I like your Instagram because you have like some short videos that you do. You you do share a lot of positive like women um, quotes and, and affirmations and things like that. So sometimes, you know, we get a lot of negativity in our feed. So this would be a great page to follow because you're going to immediately get a good dose of mindfulness right there in your feed. So um, I would definitely recommend following Hunter there. And again, that is Mindful Mama Mentor on Instagram. Okay, guys. <laughs> So we have just taken a journey um, through Hunter's website and uh, had some great information on the book. But now as we're getting towards the end of our little piece here, I just kind of want to ask you, Hunter, what are some things that you would like to, to leave the mom and lady tribe here at Work It Mommy podcast with today? Um, I, I would love to just remind people that, you know, you're not alone that we're Mm -hmm. all struggling because it's really hard. It's really Mm -hmm. hard. Like we kind of get shown this sort of fluffy pink, you know, everything's beautiful image of parenting and motherhood. And it's, it's not that like, it's, it's like, I don't know, even just having kids is like gross. It's oozy. It's animalistic, (laughs) you know, like, and, and parenting is really hard. It's Mm -hmm. really hard. And the whole, we don't have to do it alone, you know? And I think that the idea that we just have to like do it alone, do it by, you know, is, is hard for us and it's not helpful for us. And instead I invite people to just 
remember, like offer yourself some compassion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you're struggling, mm-hmm. you're not alone. Right. If you're struggling, it doesn't mean you're a failure or you're a bad parent. Like it just means you're human. We're all, we've all struggled. It's all really hard. And instead of taking that struggle and that difficulty mm-hmm. and dis- making a judgment about yourself or your parenting, instead, I invite you to just acknowledge that it's really hard, offer yourself some kindness right? and then say, okay, this is my teacher. This struggle is my teacher. Mm-hmm. And what can I learn from this? What can I learn? And use that to use that to propel you forward because it, it you can't, it, everything is figure outable. It's okay. about the pro it's about the progress. It's not about perfection. Mm-hmm. And as you start making those steps, you know, you will start to grow and change as, as you keep that intention and keep nourishing that intention that you have to, to connect and, and do better. And, and just, you know, offer yourself that same love that you want to offer your kids. Cause you can't, cannot give what you do not have. So offer it to mm-hmm. you as well. That's beautiful. That is just, you know, that reminds me of an analogy that I kind of um, has stuck with me with parenting. And it's that, you know, you, you, whenever you're starting a new job, right, there is on the job training. <laughs> there is a training session prior to starting, you know, this job and parenting is a job and it can be a fun and rewarding one, but it does take, like you mentioned, conscious effort, acknowledgement that this is going to be a hard job. We all like easy jobs, right? We would all love to sit around and get paid tons of money to do absolutely nothing, but that's not going to happen. And that isn't going to happen with parenting. You're going to have to roll your sleeves up figure it out, you know, take advantage of some of these resources, like what Hunter's offering and a host of other amazing women and and make it work for you and find that happiness in it and, and make it um, less of a loathsome job and something that you can celebrate and be happy about and, and and really um, engage with for the well-being of our child, because, you know, we're raising the next generation and we want to turn out just like the job you know, there's usually an exit strategy and an end goal with any business. Uh, we can we can kind of have that same idea. You know, what is the exit goal here? We want to be mindful as we're mamas. You know, as we're going through that process, so we can we can turn out some great great adults. You know, in a society. So, Hunter, I just want to thank you so much for being here today, and I want to thank you so much for this really good. This is like a how-to book, guys. You know, I, I'm very much like a high, how-to tutorial type person. I probably because I'm part of the YouTube generation and I like to do, 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 do step one. Da, 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 da. And your book is certainly like that for me. I think a lot of uh, millennials and Gen Zs will really, really like this book a lot. So definitely guys, uh, pick up the book um, and then take a look and see what it has to offer. All right, Hunter. So thank you so much for being here today again. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Claire. It's been a pleasure and an honor. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for listening to Work It Mommy. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode.